another edition of Rantings of a Maniac. I am your resident maniac, Mark Kmeyer. You know who I am. At this point, you have been here long enough to know that this is the show where I give you a sneak peek into the inner workings of my mind. Uh, The things that I love, the things that I loathe, the things that make me laugh or cry, it is all here. We are back for a new installment. On today's show, we are going to talk about something that is topical, something that is relevant, something that is happening in our world that there is just no escape from it. And it's caused uh, uh, some controversy, but for the most part, people seem to be quite on board with it. Of course, I am talking about the Disney Plus TV show, The Mandalorian. Uh, I think uh, we all knew where we were, where I was going with that, don't we? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it it is definitely happening. A lot of things happening in the world, but none seem to be as. Uh, relevant as this Star Wars TV show. That's right. Nothing else in the world is happening that could be more precedent than what's happening on this Disney Plus TV show. I certainly know that the people at Disney would sure like to... They would love nothing more than for everyone to only be talking about that right now. Alas... We're living in a time where a lot of our media is just kind of not there. A lot of the new things that we were promised at this point, a lot of the things that were in production have been put on hold. But not everything. Because some of these places, mainly talking about TV shows, some of these TV shows have figured it out. Because they shoot in a way that is isolated from everything else. The actors, the the, the staff, the crew, everyone. Shut off from almost everyone and everything. And so the only thing to worry about is what's going on on the set. And John Favreau along with uh, the people at Disney and uh, Dave Filoni, uh, they they figured it out. They figured out what they had to do uh, through a lot of trial and error, through uh, you know Mr. Favreau's filmmaking journey that he's been on, especially in the last few years. They've now created a whole sound and visual set stage uh, soundscape. I don't even know what you would call it, but it's basically a big dome that is all blue screened and so you don't really the the need to shoot on a location has now been rendered moot especially if it's a location that is uh, unfilmable because let's face it you can only get so many shots uh, in a vast desert without complications or let's say you wanted to shoot somewhere in the middle of an ocean. Well, you can only do that so far. You can only go so far with it. Uh, but now with this special, uh, this this sort of dome, this soundscape dome, whatever you want to call it, I'm sure it has a name and I'm blanking on it right now, 
Uh, there is nothing that is outside the realm of possibility. And when you watch a show like The Mandalorian, I'm here to tell you, most of what you're seeing is not there. In terms of setting and background, the set itself, uh, not there. Now, there are a few things in the foreground, uh, props, droids, people. They're there, obviously. But I just think it's it's sort of this cinematic marvel, what we're able to do with this show. And it's... I guess the basic point I wanted to get to is that it's this is a show that has taken the world by storm. Never did I ever think I would care enough about Star Wars. You see, look, I am not one of those people that hate Star Wars. I don't. But I am one of those people that never really seem to take in Star Wars as sort of my, uh, let's call it, my nerd realm. That wasn't my nerd realm. I knew about the movies. Uh, I had seen them. I watched them as a kid. But after I watched them, I thought, yeah, okay. That's a thing. And that was it. I didn't bother to uh, get heavily invested in the the galaxy, the universe that George Lucas created. No, I just thought, okay, well, those were three movies about, uh, you know, space fighting. And they are what they are. I don't need to go any further than that. I'm, I'm good. Whereas I would... You know, the kids, the peers, the adults around me that fell in love with Star Wars, I mean, they just got full in it. They would buy comic books or read books about the extended lore. You know, and then, of course, years would pass and then hey, we're going to revisit Star Wars, but we're going to tell the stories of what happened before the original trilogy. And say what you will about those movies. Uh, I, for one, did not really care for them. And that's that's all I'll say. Uh, but, the, but obviously there was still uh, uh, a clamoring for more Star Wars content. And let's just be real. Marketing. They sell toys, merchandising. I mean, Star Wars is a cash cow for, uh, uh, I mean, the merchandising alone. I mean, that that alone has really what made uh, uh, George Lucas just the <laughs> the billionaire that he is, or uh, that he was. I don't know if he still is a billionaire, but the point is, uh, it wasn't the success of the films that really made him his uh, cash. It was the merchandising rights. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing, kids. Get into it. But there was still uh, a hankering for more content, and then in walks people like uh, uh, Pablo Hidalgo and, and Dave Filoni, and they create an animated show. They keep telling stories, and these guys, apparently, they just, they just get it. They get Star Wars. They're able to tell these stories within this vast universe. And that's the thing. Star Wars is a vast universe. 
told, uh, and these stories can be told over you know vast amounts of time. There's really no limit. There's no, uh, there's no invisible wall. Not really. You're pretty much free to explore your own story, your own kind of lore, your own, uh, your own Star War. Whether the uh, the purest fanboys out there uh, want to admit it or believe it or not, it's a thing. You can you you have free reign to tell your stories within this universe, should you desire. And you don't have to tell a story that's connected. You can throw in Easter eggs. You could throw in little n- subtle nods to ah, remember this thing that you remember from this uh, these movies and stuff. Yeah, here's a reference. And basically what I just described to you is the basis of this new show, The Mandalorian, in which Jon Favreau decides, hey, I want to play in the Star Wars sandbox, can I? And Disney, who owns Star Wars, said, yeah, sure, go ahead. Why not? And I have to imagine that they let Favreau do this because, well, one... His quote-unquote live action—it's—it's it's really uh, it, it's all CG with with a uh, one live person of uh, the Jungle Book. The recent remake of the Jungle Book was so successful, they said, "Wow, we love that. Can you do that again with another property?" And he said, "Yes, I can. Let's do the Lion King." Personally, I didn't enjoy his adaptation of the lion king but it made a lot of money so a lot of people saw it a lot of kids probably that a lot of kids who this lion king was their generation's lion king whereas the original back in uh, the early 90s that was mine that was uh the people my age so we're we have kind of a close connection to it but the point is it made money and not to mention that John is one of a couple of different parts of the uh, uh, the machine that created and let's you know what let's just call it what it is. John basically helped to create and launch what is now known as the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Don't forget, he's the one who decided I, I will do Iron Man. And uh, with the with the help of Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige and as producer, they said, "Okay, if we'll make Iron Man and we'll make this a good movie, and if it works, we can expand on it." That's the goal to make each movie work, and when they do, then we have free reign to expand our universe and connect everything, and we can tell whatever stories we want. But we have to make sure this works. And it was Favreau who insisted, you want this thing to work? My Tony Stark, my Iron Man, needs to be Robert Downey Jr. And the rest is history. But it all really starts with Favreau. So I got to imagine that due to the success of the Disney feature films, not to mention the, the incredible work he's put in throughout the years in the MCU, he helped basically start the MCU, Disney said, you know what, John, whatever you want to do, do it. 
we give you free reign. What do you want to do? And he goes, I want to tell a Star Wars story. And they go, yeah, we're not really doing that right now. And he goes, no, no. I want to tell it. Uh, I want to make it a series. You guys are trying to launch a new streaming service, right? I've got your first original show right here. And it's a Star Wars show. And not only that, not only that, it's a story set after the original trilogy. So none of your uh, original characters will come back because, well, for practically for for practicality purposes, they can't. Too much time has passed in the real world. But it's okay because John figures, no, no, I want to tell a story about not Boba Fett, but someone who looks like him. Uh, these, uh, the, the warriors known as Mandalorians. I want to tell a story about one in particular. Uh, a Mandalorian of his own creation. And within the show, he throws in little Easter eggs, little, uh, little tidbits of knowledge. Certain things you see in the foreground, uh, props and droids. Certain names you hear. All a part of the grander universe because this show is John Favreau's love letter to Star Wars in his own way. And maybe this is me reaching, but I got to assume that okay, Favreau once directed this movie called Cowboys and Aliens. Some people saw it. A lot of you didn't. But I felt like watching it, he's obviously a fan of westerns. So in doing The Mandalorian, it's almost like his. Uh, it's almost like out of spite. It's his middle finger to all the uh, to the audience that did not go see his Cowboys and Aliens movie. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you don't want me to do a western? Screw that. I'm doing it. Here's a Star Wars show that's basically a western. Take that, everybody. I'm sure that wasn't his mentality, but I'm just going to pretend it was because it's funny to me. The Mandalorian is a Western for sure. Not only that, it is Favreau's middle finger Western to spite the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, just, just sit with that for a second. It's just, it, it, it I'm, I'm smiling as I'm talking about it. That's, uh, that's right. I laugh at my own jokes sometimes. It's fine. It's not, it's not that weird. Nevertheless, How, I mean, where do I even begin other than this, the, you know, initial rant here? But I guess the overall thing is I did not care about Star Wars anymore. I enjoyed uh, two out of the three sequels that they made. I enjoyed the Star Wars story movies that they, the little side stories, Rogue One. I love Rogue One. Rogue One might actually be uh, my initial favorite of the Star Wars movies. And it's not even part of the saga. Solo was unnecessary. And I remember leaving the theater watching that going, yeah, okay. It, I mean, it's not terrible, but I didn't need that. But in subsequent rewatches, I've sort of come around on that movie. I think uh, I think Solo is a lot better than we all f- remember, or at least those of us out there who watched it and went, eh. 
I think it's a little bit. I, I, th I think it's a lot, a lot, a bit, a, a lot bit better. <laughs> Again, uh, both of those stories are love letters to Star Wars. They just have the benefit of fitting into the grand saga, but standing out on their own, which is not an easy thing to do. And you can say uh, uh, that one succeeded while the other failed all you want, but frankly, I think they all succeed in their own way. But after the discourse of Episode 8... And after the result of episode nine, at that point, I'm just, I, I remember talking to my friends and talking to my brother and just saying, you know what? Okay, cool. I'm done with Star Wars for a while. And there was a moment in the, in the uh, entertainment news where there were grand plans to uh, give this person a trilogy of movies to produce. Hey, we're going to give the Game of Thrones guys a Star Wars series. Hey, we're going to give this person a Star Wars and all of that kind of got put right on hold. And that was before we had a pandemic. Because the general discourse and the angry fanboys just could not... Uh, it was just too much. If you're listening to this, I probably don't have to tell you about the discourse that was caused uh, in Star Wars. Which is hilarious to me because I never thought we'd ever get to a point to where the world is arguing about Star Wars material and making it a very big deal. Usually, the only people arguing about Star Wars at all are the you know the fanboys and girls yelling in a corner or just screaming into the void about nonsense. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. This is just entertainment stuff. But now... Through social media, and I definitely blame Twitter. Now you got people just ranting and raving, and the world is listening. People that probably shouldn't have public voices have them. I'm sure people say the same thing about me too. So you know, I'm not, I'm not above that. I accept it. That's what I mean. I rant. It's what I do. You come to the show to hear me rant because either you enjoy it. Or you just enjoy uh, laughing at me as I'm ranting about my stuff. Nevertheless, one, thank you for your uh, audience. And two, I warn you ahead of time what it is. So it's not a shock. So don't at me. <laughs> but the point is, uh, when, when all of those Star Wars plans that were thrown into the ether and they finally said, you know what, we're not, we're not going to... We're not gonna worry about the movies anymore. We're gonna we're gonna take a break, a long extended break. I said good, thank God, because, uh, and I blame myself for trying to get into Star Wars more than I ever have before. Because now we're at a point to where I can't even enjoy it. I can't enjoy it because of the discourse, and because I'm not going to be the one to say there's too much Star Wars content. I think that's no that's I don't believe in that. But maybe or just maybe people cannot accept new stories. Stories that they're not familiar with. That's the problem. 
over 30 to 40 years, people got to attach to that original trilogy. They formed their own uh, continuities, their own fan theories. After all of that, they couldn't handle when somebody else came in and challenged their whole notion, their whole theories, everything like that. They, they couldn't handle it. And so they take to Twitter and bash it. And honestly, who's got the time? I'm not saying I'm not guilty of uh, bashing a movie. Uh, you know, if it's bad, it's bad. And if it's something that's close to my heart, yeah, I might say something about it. Usually that's comic book related. So I get the I get the notion of wanting to bash a Star Wars film that you hated. But you know what I'm talking about. The ones that just go overboard with it. That don't even really have a sound argument other than, This is different and I don't like it. Blah, 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 blah. Boop. They turn into... <clears throat> Excuse me. But, it, nevertheless, it's just, it, I'm glad. I'm glad for the break. We don't need any more movies for a while. And so, I guess that's probably why Mandalorian succeeds, is because it's not a movie. You could look at it as a movie, but uh, an eight-part movie, because season one is in eight parts. Eight chapters, if you will. And it's just an ongoing saga. But it's a new saga. It's, and I just never thought I would get to a point to caring about anything Star Wars related. And this show is the only thing holding it together. For me, anyway. Who would have thought a show about a Mandalorian... You know, and, and me, just a couple years ago, would have said, what the hell is that? But a show about a Mandalorian, a Western... Star Wars story is the thing that is keeping me so invested in this universe. I just, I, I wouldn't have believed it if you'd have told me. And I'm sure maybe you wouldn't have believed it had anyone told you that one day you're going to love a show that is in Star Wars, but it's not about any of the Star Wars people that you know. It's about a Mandalorian and a little baby that looks just like Yoda. But it's not Yoda. I know we all call the child baby Yoda, but it's not Yoda. <laughs> John Favreau, he, he cannot stress that enough. It's not baby Yoda. But we're still going to call it baby Yoda because we don't know what else to call it. The child, that's too generic. It's baby Yoda. And it will be Baby Yoda henceforth until the show is over or until we are actually giving it a name. It's just the way it goes. So, why the rant on The Mandalorian, per se? Because, frankly, it's just good TV. It's just a good series. Not even that. It's just good cinema. The story is so simple, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub or uh, uh, any 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 Western where Gunslinger comes into town, he's got to help uh, uh, fix the wrongs, he's got to right the wrongs, and on top of it, he's protecting a small child. 
I mean, that's that's some of the oldest bits of storytelling as far as stories have ever been. The simplicity of it all. I think that's what really drives me to enjoy it. It's the fact that the, the, the saying, less is, less is more, has never been more palpable here. Less is more. You don't have to overly complicate it. I'm looking at you, episode 9. You don't have to make it as complicated. You don't have to uh, uh, keep everything so integrated with... I mean, it's it's just it's hard for me to put into words. It's just you don't you don't have to make one thing make sense, in or, because uh, two other things don't make sense. I don't know. You just don't overthink it. That's a, that's what I'm trying to say. See, I'm overthinking my words here. You see what a mess that was. Don't overthink it. And that's what Favreau is doing with this show. He's not overthinking anything. He's simply telling a Western story, but he wants to explore something we haven't seen in the sagas before, which is uh, the Mandalorian process. Because Boba Fett ain't a Mandalorian. And I should probably take this opportunity to mention, I have never been pro-Boba Fett. I haven't. I know he is uh, so many Star Wars people's favorite character. And I always ask why. And no one can really give me a great answer. They just say, oh, he's a badass. He's, he's awesome. Boba Fett, he's so cool. What makes him cool? Uh, I mean, look at his armor. His, it just looks so cool. That's right. He looks so cool. But he Goes out like a bitch. And yeah, I said it. I know if you're if you're pro Boba Fett listening to this, you're gonna you're gonna be you're probably gonna shut it off, but Boba Fett was a bitch. And I can hear you. I can hear you screaming at me already. It's like, well, did you if you'd have read his uh the the books they read they wrote about him in the extended universe, and I was like, let me stop you right there, because all of that, not canon. It's non-canon, all that. So, what else you got? Well, the, the the new canon comic books he does. Yeah, I've seen him in those. And there's some there's some okay stuff. Cool. Um, that's not the Boba Fett that we see in the movies. And frankly, that's the only ones that matter. So you're still not giving me a reason to root for the guy. And it turns out. The guy's not even a Mandalorian. That's a, that's what's so great about this show. We are introduced to the creed, the the uh, the cult, the guild, whatever you want to call it. This this group of warriors known as Mandalorians. It's a whole creed. There's a there's a code that they follow. This is the way. You don't remove your helmet for living creatures. You keep that part of you a secret. You uh, you you don't uh, you you hunt bounties for, for fees, not for sport. And you use that for to 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 better uh further the 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 creed. 
you use your you use your bounty for uh, Beskar armor so you can improve your armor and keep yourself strong. Donate it to some of the younglings so that they can grow up and be strong fighters with healthy armor as well. This is the way. There's a code of conduct here. And we find out Boba Fett was never even one of those dudes. He just wore the armor. He wore it just like his daddy, Django. Which we've learned in this uh, in this show. That's a big no-no. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where we go from here. I'm not going to spoil the uh, the last two episodes of this new season um, before, for all those that haven't gotten down on it. But you should, because it started off pretty awesome so far. A lot of questions, though. A lot of questions. A lot of... Uh, Trying to figure out, uh, like, okay, where where are we now? Where are we going? We saw what we what we got in the first season was an introduction and the further mission of where uh, old Mando, where he's got to go and what he's got to do. So I guess in season two that it's a continuation of that, but now we're introducing newer elements and certain people. Not to mention there's still the looming threat of what was left of the Empire. Because as we know from the movies, uh, the uh, the remnants of the Empire would later forge what became the First Order. The First Order being the uh, basically the new Empire in the uh, sequel Star Wars films, Episodes 7, 8, and 9. So we're starting to see some of that in Mandalorian. We're starting to see uh, what what was left of the Empire still trying to hold on to their power, still trying to grasp something to bring them to bring the Empire back. Now we already know that's not going to happen, but that's the fun of this show is that it's still a journey, and we're still we're still not privy to the thirty year gap between episodes 6 and episode 7. That's part of the fun of it. And I'll be honest, I'm having fun with Star Wars again. That is the important part. Who would have thought a a Western set in the Star Wars universe is the very thing keeping Star Wars alive. And the best part is at least on the surface, from what I can tell, this is the thing keeping people excited. People are unanimously enjoying the show. We're not fighting amongst ourselves. And some people might say, well, this episode was good, but the next one was not, and then blah, blah, blah. Well, like, no, 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 irrelevant. How did you feel about it overall? And overall, people are digging it a lot. And that's a good thing. That's something we should highlight. That's something that we need to acknowledge. That we're all in agreement about something Star Wars related. Isn't that isn't that cool? Isn't that exciting? We can we can put aside our our differences of opinions in uh, you know some of the movies, some of uh, you know what are are previous grievances 
And we can just sit back and go, well, how about that Mandalorian, though? And we can all just say, yeah, how about old Mando? And the show has done something that I think the movies still failed to do. Although, I would say that they succeeded... They, I mean, they still succeeded if you if you're just calling it by the numbers. Because say what you want about the sequel films, but they made a lot of money. People went to see them, so there's that. Uh, it reinvigorated fandom in Star Wars. New generations now introduced or reintroduced to this series, and now with the Mandalorian. And with the streaming of Disney Plus, now a whole new audience. People that never would have given Star Wars the time of day, uh, either again or at all. Now they're watching The Mandalorian and they're thinking, I shouldn't enjoy this because it's Star Wars and yet here I am. And my answer is, because you probably enjoy westerns and samurais, or nay, you just enjoy good simple stories about the good triumphing over the bad the uh, that life is complicated but as long as you hold a moral code that doesn't hurt people not good people anyway as long as it doesn't hurt good people and, and if your heart is in the right place then you will overcome I think that is ultimately what the point of Star Wars uh, was supposed to be. And along the way, it got skewed. Uh, we, we, can blame, uh, we, uh, we can blame the writers, we can blame the director, the creator even, but honestly, it's ourselves we have to blame about that because we, the fans, created the discourse. So all in all, hey, stop that. Just stop it and watch Mandalorian. Because there's valuable lessons to be learned there. This is the way. And this is my rant for The Mandalorian. There will probably be other rants about it because, uh, like I said, I'm really enjoying the show. And we're only in uh, Season 2. By the time season two's over, who knows? I might, I might have to just do a whole episode dedicated to uh, that season, or maybe the first two seasons. Maybe I'll bring on a guest. I really enjoy when I do that. And based on the feedback from you guys, you seem to enjoy that as well. So we will see. Uh, before I get out of here, also big apologies uh, if you guys were counting on an episode in the last couple of weeks and didn't get one. Um, Sometimes I just don't have things to rant about, and you don't get those episodes, but it's fine, because I'm back at it. Uh, I had something to talk about, so I'm sure I'll make up for it in the uh, weeks to follow. So thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow. Uh, rate us. Let us know how we're doing. Let it, it really does help out, and it's kind of a crazy time right now in the podcasting sphere. So please, if you enjoy what we do here at Feeding the Monster Podcast Feed, let us know. Let everyone know. Share it. Uh, tell your friends. 
let them know that, you know, there's this dude who likes to rant about a bunch of random shit, and you might enjoy some of those. Do it. I don't mind. Let me welcome you new people. Let me welcome your friends. I'm sure they'll get a kick out of some of the things I say. But anyway, uh, find me at MarkTheBat on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also check out all of the other shows here on the feed. You know them. We've got uh, our main show, Are We Wearing Pants? Uh, we just uh, put up a new one the other day. Uh, that was from the live show. So if you uh, missed the live show, you can go on our YouTube channel. We have one of those. And check it out live for yourself. It's uh, That show is very visual, so I would recommend that. But don't forget, it is in podcast form. Uh, all of our other shows as well, the Hoot and Holler podcast as well, uh, with Hillbilly Scribs, Backdoor Cover, uh, The Power of Positive Geeking, uh, you know, all the stuff. We have so many shows, <laughs> so tune in to all of them. And as always, thank you so much for uh, paying attention to my rant. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Come back next time for a new rant. This is the way. Join Thomas Risling, John Mariano, and me, Jeff Saunders, right here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed every other Friday for our brand new show, Be Home by Dinner. In each episode, the three of us will take a trip down memory lane and discuss the things, the childish things from our childhood that have made us into the man-childs that we are today. So won't you come along for the ride and, uh, and the adventure? And... Until then, go out and make some memories. Just remember to be home by dinner.